The text for the sermon this afternoon is from 2 Kings 4. 2 Kings 4, we will read the verses 8 to 37. So 2 Kings 4, beginning at verse 8. One day, Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls. And put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. And one day he came there, and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him, and he said to him, Say now to her, See, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway, and he said, At this season... About this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. And when the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. And he said to his father, Oh, my head, my head. And the father said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. She said, All is well. Then she saddled the donkey, and she said to her servant, Urge the animal on. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God and Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Look, there is the Shunammite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, All is well. And when she came to the mountain to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, Leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. And then she said, Did I ask my Lord for a son 
did I, did I not say, do not deceive me? And he said to Gehazi, tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not reply. And lay my staff on the face of the child. And then the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore he returned to meet him and told him, The child has not awakened. And when Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked once back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her. And when she came to him, he said, Pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. Thus far, the reading of God's word. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We live in a broken world. And we face that reality every day. Every day of our lives. Now, of course, God does give times of joy. He gives seasons of happiness. And we can give thanks for that when we do. We can praise Him. But as we go through life, we will undoubtedly be faced with life's brokenness as well. And this life has also been rightly described as a veil of tears. And sometimes we face a, a painful trial that, that seems to go on and on without any hope of getting better. And sometimes it's brokenness that appears when we least expect it. It might leave us heartbroken, sad, or numb, or simply exhausted and worn out. And we see both of those things in our text this afternoon with this Shunammite woman. She experienced so much heartache. But the question we want to ask this afternoon is this. Where do we turn when the brokenness of life stares us in the face and seems to grab a hold of us? Where do we turn? What we want to draw out from this passage before us is that we must cling to the Lord who has the power to bring life out of death. And that is essentially the, the theme of this afternoon's sermon as well. 
As I preach you God's Word, I'll be using the following theme and points. In all the brokenness of life, cling to the Lord who has the power to raise the dead. And we have three points. Brokenness, faith, and life. Now the passage right before our text focused on a poor widow in danger of losing her two sons to slavery. And our text this afternoon now focuses on another woman. This, this woman lived in the small town of Shunem, which was in northern Israel. It was southwest of the Sea of Galilee. And this woman, she was a wealthy woman who feared the Lord. And you can see her devotion to God in how she treats God's prophet, Elisha. When Elisha came through Shunem, she urged him to eat some food. In fact, she hosted him whenever he came by that way. So one day she discusses with her husband, Behold, now I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let's make a small room on the, on the roof of our house with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. So that whenever he comes this way, he can go in there. He can, he can stay with us. We can host him. And by this act of generosity, she shows that she holds the word of God in high esteem. She shows her devotion to the Lord. It's as Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 10, Whoever receives you, receives me. Whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. And the one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. She showed this kindness, this generosity to God's prophet, to Elisha. And so Elisha asked, how can she be rewarded? And so he said to the woman, can I, can I put in a good word for you to the commander of the army or to the king? Maybe they can work out some kind of favor for you in the land, perhaps. But she replies, I dwell among my own people. I, I have my security. I, I have all that I need. I, I'm content. And that was the end of their conversation. Yet Elisha doesn't give up. When she is gone, he asks Gehazi, a servant, you know, what can be done for this woman? Look at, look at the trouble she's gone through. Surely there must be something. Well, Gehazi, he wisely observes and he says, she has no son and her husband is old. You see, she's in danger of becoming a widow in Israel without anyone to take care of her, any children to take care of her. And without any sons, this family is also in danger of losing their inheritance in Israel. So a, a son is, is a fitting gift to her. It's just what she needs. So Elisha calls her back in and simply says, At this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Now it's... Uh, it's a joyful proclamation, but she gives a jaded response. No, my Lord, O man of God, 
Do not lie to your servant. Now that's not the response you would expect. You would expect her to say, praise the Lord and thank you. But in this one short response, we see a lifetime of pain. Don't even say this to me. Don't lie to me. And she says only 13 words, but each one is, is dripping with disappointment. You see, every day this woman and her husband have, have lived, every day, every day they've lived together, they faced this brokenness of life, this brokenness in their lives. And she had given up hope a long time ago of ever, ever receiving this gift from God. And yet the text moves on in a matter-of-fact sort of way, doesn't it? Despite her words, it says, The woman conceived and she bore a son about the time following spring, as, as Elisha said to her. Now was the word of God proclaimed specifically to her. And as Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, Every word of God proves true. This was the word of God to her, and it came true. So hope against hope, she gave birth to a son. And as we read on, we can see it's not the end of the story or the end of the brokenness either. When the child had grown up, he went out one day to his father among the reapers, and something went terribly wrong. Without warning, the child cried to his father, Oh, my head, my head! Don't know exactly what, what it was, but they brought the child to, to his mother and, and he died on her lap hours later. You know, in one moment, the child God gave them was suddenly and shockingly snatched away. You know, before they received this child, the brokenness of life was like a slow grind. But now the brokenness of life was like a bombshell that that ripped apart that brief time of joy. And it seemed it would have been better for her not to receive this gift at all. At least she would have been spared this pain. And you can see that as she comes to Elisha later on and says, Did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, do not deceive me? You can see her pain. And more of God's people in Scripture have gone through this brokenness of life. I think of people like Naomi and Hannah and Job. And it's not gone away in our lifetime either. Many of you know it all too well. Sometimes that brokenness is like a slow grind. Sometimes it's like a bombshell that rocks your world. And one of the hard things in it all is that it makes us wonder, you know, what does this say about God? You know, this woman probably thought that. Why me? Why this? And why now? And you know what? Sometimes I wonder that too. When I see someone go through deep pain and grief, and then it seems like God 
throws more on top of it all, and you wonder, why this to them? Haven't they suffered enough? And this woman might have wondered, we might wonder at times, has God given me this gift only to increase my pain? Does he delight in the grief and the suffering of his people? See, the very thing the woman feared became true. And maybe we come to a place where we think about God. You better not get your hopes up with him. It only brings disappointment. And another hard thing about our text is that God himself seems to be silent. He remains silent through the whole text. You know, he doesn't say anything directly in this text. There are no hints of how he feels about this woman's pain. You know, he appears to be locked up behind a brick wall in heaven. You know, he seems almost cold and almost compassionless. It may appear that way in your life at times too. Does God even care about my pain? Why is he silent? And those are the hard things we face in a broken world. That brings us to our next point. Well, the moment the child died, the Shunammite woman laid him on the bed of the man of God. She shut the door behind him and went out. Without even thinking twice, she went to her husband and said, Get me a servant and a donkey. I am going to the man of God. And her husband responds, But it's not even the new moon or the Sabbath. That was probably the, the regular time that people consulted the prophets. And the man's response shows that he, he probably, probably doesn't even know that the child is dead. You know, she just left in a rush. Nothing was going to stop her from going. She's going to talk to the man of God. And by going to the man of God, it shows she is seeking God himself. Elisha was God's representative. That's why he's continually referred to the man of God in our text. So here we see her acting in faith. She's going to seek the blessing of the Lord and she won't take no for an answer. You can see that too as she comes to Elisha at Mount Carmel. Elisha sees her coming, and he said to Gehazi's servant, Look, here's the Shunammite. Run at once and ask her if all is well with her husband and her son. And Gehazi meets her, and she, she simply brushes him off. She is going to talk to the man of God. Nothing will stop her. She comes to him and falls at his feet and clings to him. And Gehazi cannot even pry him off. And even when Elisha sends Gehazi with his staff, she still won't let Elisha go. She says to him, as, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. Here it's as if she's clinging to God himself. And in many ways, it must have been hard for her to do. Why cling to God when you have faced so much disappointment? Why bother trust Him again? Won't it bring more pain? And you might find it 
find that hard too. How, how can I cling to God when I've gone through so much disappointment already? But here this woman turns to the only one who can help her in the brokenness of life. Only God has the power to bring life from the dead. Only God has the power to heal the brokenness of life. We must come to Him. And that's why this woman clings to Him. You know, the way that this text is structured, it's focused on this woman, on her perseverance of faith. God is showing us the way. Walk in the way of faith, beloved. You are certainly allowed to confess your pain, your disappointment to him. This woman did. You can tell God that you don't always understand his ways. You can pour out your heart to him. But as you do, do not turn away from God, but cling to him. Cling to him in faith. Set this truth continually before your eyes. God is the God who raises the dead. And that is why I can always have hope. The Holy Spirit shows us the way of faith in our text. See, this woman, she displays the same faith as Abraham, the father of all believers. What does scripture say about Abraham? Consider Romans 4, verse 17 to 20. Abraham believed in God who gives life to the dead. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Saren's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew in faith as he gave glory to God. See, Abraham trusted that God had the power to raise the dead, and that's what kept him going. That's what allowed him to even offer up his his son Isaac, be willing to do that. And that's what kept this woman going too. This woman displays the faith of Jacob. Just before Jacob met with Esau, he wrestled with God and he clung to him. I will not let you go until you bless me. And this woman displays the faith of the Apostle Paul. What does Paul say in 2 Corinthians 1? He says, we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. See, this is the faith that God calls all of us here this afternoon to as well. Cling to him, trust in him, trust his power. You know, I I don't know how the brokenness that you face in your life right now, I don't know how it will work itself out in this life. 
Well, all I can say is the same thing Elisha does in our text. The Lord has not revealed it to me. But I can assure you of this. Whoever clings to the God who gives life to the dead will be blessed. You will be blessed like Abraham. Counted righteous as him. And not only that, but by God, somehow, in some way, he will bring life to us in a situation that feels like death. Brings us to our last point. The Shunammite woman persevered in faith, and she received back her son from the dead. After she talked to Elisha, Elisha first told Gehazi to lay the staff on the boy's face. It didn't work. We don't know why. And then Elisha finally went with her after she pleaded with him. And he came to the house and saw the child laying dead on the bed. He shut the door and he prayed to the Lord. He stretched himself over the boy. The boy became warm. Still the child did not awake. So he walked back and forth in the house, and then he stretched himself over the boy again. The, ch- the child sneezed seven times. And finally, finally he opened his eyes. As one commentator put it so well, sneezes never sounded so healthy before. And Elisha called for the woman. She came and fell on his feet, and then picked up her son and, and went out. Now the book of Hebrews He comments on our text. Hebrews 11 is that famous chapter about people who live by faith. And verse 35 simply says that by faith, women receive back their dead by resurrection. That that verse in Hebrews 11 is probably thinking partly of this woman here. That's what happened to her. And that gives us hope too. I must say again, I don't know exactly how the brokenness you face in your life will work itself out in this life. But you see, God gives us signs. He gives us proofs in his word that the brokenness will not last forever. There will be joy in the end to those who cling to God in faith. One of those signs is found in the, in, in the life of Elijah. He too, he raised a widow's son from the dead, just like in our text. And God gives another proof here in our text as Elisha carries on the ministry of the Lord in Israel. We see God raising a child from the dead again. And God continued that work in the ministry of Jesus Christ. He gave more proofs that life would prevail through Christ. Look at what we read from Luke 7. Jesus came into a town called Naan. And Naan was just a short distance away from Shunem. It was just on the other side of a small mountain. And there, Jesus, he met a funeral procession. A man had died. The only son of his mother who was a widow. And Jesus had compassion on her. He stopped the procession and then he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And instantly the dead man sat up and began to speak. Jesus gave him to his mother. And when the people saw that in Luke 7, 
It's no wonder they exclaimed, a great prophet has arisen among us. After all, what Jesus did was so much like what Elijah did for the widow's son. Or what Elisha did for the Shunammite widow's son in our text. And Christ was indeed a great prophet and he showed that he was greater than Elijah and Elisha. You can see from our text that even Elisha, he had weaknesses. When the woman first came to him, he didn't know why she was in distress. He said, the Lord has not revealed it to me. He only had understanding through God. And he gave the staff to Gehazi to lay on the boy's face. Nothing happened. Why not? And then when Elisha came, he first prayed, but the boy only grew warm. And then he had to walk around a bit, and then finally the boy arose. You see, Elisha himself was completely powerless in this miracle. It was the power of God. But we see something different in Christ. He came to the young man and he just spoke to him. And the man arose. Shows us Christ is not just a great prophet. He is also true God. In Christ Jesus, we see the God who gives life to the dead, and we must cling to Him. We must cling to Him to find life. See, God has fully revealed to us Himself in the person of Christ as, a, as the God who raises the dead. And, and in the face of Christ, we see something else. We see the compassion of God. See, we, as we read our text, again, you might wonder, where's the compassion of God for this broken woman? God seems silent in her sufferings. For so long, he seemed to ignore her prayers, and then he snatched away her only son. But if we think God is compassionless, it's a false conclusion from our text. No, God reveals himself completely in Christ. What do we read about the Lord Jesus in Luke 7 when he saw this widow and how, he lost, how she lost her son? He had compassion on her. He said, do not weep. We know that God never changes. Christ Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. You know, Christ Jesus had compassion on this widow in Luke 7. You can be sure he had compassion on the Shunammite woman. And you can be sure that he looks upon you in compassion as you face brokenness, as you face suffering. He's not indifferent to your suffering. He's not. No, he's the God of compassion. And that's true no matter how silent he might appear to be to you. You see, God has given the ultimate proof that the brokenness of life will not last. He did that when he raised his own son from the dead. Christ died to pay for our sins. He was raised to life for our justification. He was raised to secure our future resurrection. One day in Christ, you will be raised. Raised immortal, 
raised imperishable, and you will be in glory. And you will enjoy a life free from all pain, free from all brokenness. So in the suffering you face right now, do not lose heart. Life will have the last word for those who believe. And when we are raised by Christ, then God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Amen. Let us now respond to the preaching of God's word by singing together hymn 73, stanza 1 and 2.